Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to this episode of the Mia's Mentorship Podcast. Today, I get to talk with Samantha Brokowitz, or she also goes by Sammy. She is a registered dietitian who offers a weight-inclusive care to individuals struggling with eating disorders, disordered eating habits, and chronic dieting. She believes everyone deserves to feel comfortable and confident in their bodies regardless of shape or size and works with clients to cultivate a positive and non-judgmental attitude towards food and their bodies. Samantha's goal is to provide a safe and supportive space for individuals to explore their relationship with food and body and empower them to make decisions that align with their unique needs and values. I'm really excited to chat with Samantha, so please give her a warm welcome. How are you doing, Samantha? I am doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. It's been a really good day. <laughs> Thank you for being yeah. on the podcast. Uh, do you want to share the audience who you are, what you do? Yeah. So my name's Sammy and I am a dietitian and I focus mostly helping those with either eating disorders, disordered eating, or people that just have been dieting for a long time and want to kind of take a different path. Um, I use intuitive eating and health at every size frameworks in a more like weight inclusive, neutral lens. And I really got into this because I, when I was in school to be a dietitian, I had disordered eating, which is, I feel like a very common uh, thing, unfortunately, but I thought I was going to, you know, help everyone like lose weight and be the healthiest version of themselves. And, um, but in a more like weight focused way, not like in the way I kind of do now. So now I focus more helping individuals heal their relationship with food, body movement, and really just approaching life in a more realistic way. And, you know, we can still focus on wanting to be healthier and the best versions of ourselves, but in something that's more attainable, more realistic, and not so focused around what our body looks like. Um, but yeah, and I have my own private practice now because I found it hard to kind of find somewhere to work that you know, also aligns with this that, you know, I just, I do still work a clinical job and it's hard because we, there's still a lot of talk of BMI and, you know, our medical system is just kind of weight centric at baseline, mm -hmm. but I do my best to kind of practice the way I want to in that setting. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I kind of have a similar, but different story. I did personal training and I'm going to school right now to achieve my bachelor's of community health. And then I want to get my uh, master's of science and nutrition whenever I'm done with that and have mm -hmm. a little bit left, 10 months left. So I'm, I'm near the finish line, but so yeah, close. whenever I did personal training, it is like, I mean, it depends at the gym and everything, but the gym mm -hmm. I worked at, it was very weight central too. And I was like, we need to focus on more than wait, you know, like we need to focus on the whole well-rounded being. So yeah, it's, it's really cool meeting others who like see that and you're like, you want to branch out and yeah, do it, do it yourself. That That's exactly what has to get done. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you just kind of have to go through it to like see it on the other side. But once you kind of, I feel like it's like, once you see the light, like you can't 
unsee it, which yeah. is for the better, but it's very hard at first to kind of like unpack all of that and be like, okay, but like, this is different than everything I've been taught. What do I do now? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta find find others who have been on the other side for a while. Look, right. look to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so today we're gonna talk about Ozempic. That is our hot topic. So you can start wherever you want. Um, how about let's just say like what is Ozempic? I'm sure most people have heard of it, but can you explain what it is first? Yeah. So Ozempic is really the brand name. So there's other ones out there like Jardian, um, but it's the drug itself is a semi, and it's like such a confusing word, semi-glutide one. Um, and it is usually in, in a, like a shot form. Um, and it was originally designed for people that have type two diabetes and this is because it helps control like their blood sugar by doing a few things. So it prevents the liver from releasing too much glucose in the body and it slows down the amount of food leaving the stomach. So basically it slows down digestion. Now, why this is good for people with um, diabetes is because that slower digestion helps their body absorb the carbohydrates slower and more evenly and not spike their blood sugar. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third thing is it aids the pancreas in releasing the right amount of insulin when your blood sugar is too high. So for people with diabetes, you know, that's impaired. Um, with Ozempic, it seems like it's been now it's like this weight loss drug, which is not what it was made for. And it's basically being off used off label for this. And so it hasn't really been tested in this way. Like it was never really supposed to be this, but the reason people are losing weight on it is because naturally it kind of slows your digestion with, which also decreases your appetite. And so this, you know, obviously you're eating less and it can be to the point where, you know, you really are losing weight because you are just eating so much less than you were before. And there are a lot of side effects, not just from what that can do to our relationship with food, body, and our hunger and fullness cues, but the actual side effects of the drug, like any drug that yeah. there are. And it kind of has come around to be like, is this quote unquote worth it? Like there are a lot of, you know, side effects, like really bad stomach pain and distress or people passing out. And, you know, now it's on shortage because everyone's using it for weight loss, but the people that, you know, need it for diabetes can't get their hands on it and mm -hmm. are having to go to other things when this was designed for them in the first place and now it's not available. Right. Why do you think this has become such a hot topic in the weight loss realm? Oh, what a loaded question, but I love it. Um, <laughs> I think it starts with our society's obsession with bodies being small, fat phobia, um, I mean, that's where dieting kind of originates, right? Like, according to the dieting industry, right? If you eat less, exercise more, and your body will be smaller. And that also 
quote unquote equates to being healthy. So someone in a smaller body is automatically healthy and someone in a larger body is automatically unhealthy, which we know not to be true. But I think people are coming around to realize that dieting doesn't work or it doesn't work long-term, which is what we know. 95% of people that diet gain the weight back or more, um, which is also called weight cycling, which we can get into if we want to. Um, but it's mostly, I think, because, you know, yeah, we're realizing those things aren't working, but then if that doesn't work, then how do we achieve this? And so it's kind of like the next quick fix that we focused on and because it actually does provide that instant gratification right over however many weeks or months you are getting that result but what is not talked about is that you have to basically take it for the rest of your life to keep that weight off because mm -hmm. it's not changing anything in your body it's just you are simply eating significantly less and your body is absorbing less because it's altering that digestion and absorption and so as soon as you stop taking it just like when you stop doing a fat diet you're going to gain that weight back or more yeah yeah so one thing I was wondering with Ozempic is uh if I don't know how much research you've done with that are, are you aware does it cause fat loss or weight loss like does it actually targeting the fat or is it losing like can you also lose muscle mass and water weight and things like that what is it exactly targeting other than you know just not eating yeah totally so I think it really is a lot of water weight it's not targeting the fat so like just like when we eat less or, you know, have an eating disorder and we're losing weight, it can be muscle. It can be all these things right. that isn't, you know, we don't want that. So I don't think that it really targets the fat. It's just, you are now smaller. And, you know, we even know that having like excess fat isn't really inherently bad. We've just kind of made it this way like through society like even in the hospital like the patients that are at a higher weight do better because they have stores so when they can't eat for a week or so because of their illness they actually are better off for it um and it doesn't necessarily mean they have chronic disease you know people that are in larger bodies get worse medical care because they are stigmatized so you know that really plays into those things is it really their larger body or is it that they're getting passed off and now like now they have these things that they might not have had before if they were in a smaller body but in terms of ozempic i think it really just gives that instant gratification and you know unfortunately that's all we seem to know we as in just like as a general population about health, like, okay, well, I'm going to get healthier in the new year. Like for most people that just means, okay, like I'm going to lose weight. But when you ask, and I do this with clients, like I sit down and ask, well, why do you want to lose weight? Like what, you know, do you think you're achieving? Like, or, you know, is that going to make you healthier? X, Y, D, Z, and really dig into that. 
they're like, well, I want to, you know, fit into my clothes, feel better in my clothes, this and that. And it's like, okay, well, we don't have to lose weight to do that. Like to feel better in your clothes, to feel more confident in your body. Oh, I want to be healthier. Okay. Well, what does healthy mean to you? Right. Like, cause that's something we've kind of co-opted of like, oh, that just means being smaller. I want to be healthier. I want to eat less and be smaller and work out more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that doesn't really tell us anything about our health, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you would agree with what I'm about to say. Like people will idolize their weight, weigh themselves every single morning. And especially if you're a woman, your weight will naturally fluctuate throughout the month because water retention is higher during certain times of the month, depending on where you're at in your cycle. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, they'll think, oh, I weighed two more pounds than I did yesterday. That's two pounds of fat. That would be impossible unless you ate like 10,000 calories or something like you did not gain two pounds of fat. And yeah, it's like the weight doesn't measure fat versus muscle versus water. And so, yeah, just looking at the weight is a really bad indicator. And I feel like people take Ozempic, going back to the topic, I feel like people take Ozempic just to lose weight. They don't care where the weight is coming from. They just want to lose weight. And it's this terrible obsession with weight that so many people, especially women and the younger generation are facing. Yeah. And I think it's almost like the younger generation is seeing kind of, especially beyond, like, I feel like growing up, at least for me in the 2000s, right? It was like, oh, like the super skinny body was quote unquote in. Um, But now it's going so much farther than that because we have social media in the way that we didn't then of just, oh, I look this way on social media or in these pictures and like editing and this. And it's like people will do anything to look that way. And if that means spend money on a drug that is, I'm pretty sure still like a thousand dollars a shot, if it's not covered by your insurance. So most people aren't paying that out of pocket, but like if you go to a med spa or aesthetic spot like you know and there's a doctor that's injecting this like you can pay $1,300 twice a month for this drug out of pocket especially because if you don't really need it in the sense of Mm -hmm. like diabetes sometimes it's not covered just depends on your insurance right but we're basically seeing people go to any extent to be smaller at kind of almost a more drastic effect than before so even though diet culture is crazy now it's like we're going to take drugs to lose weight and intentionally right not as a result of addiction or you know things that that just is the result it's like this is what my intention is and that's really having an effect especially with the Academy of Pediatrics coming out saying that they recommend it for children and bariatric surgery for children. Um, And I've read articles about like 13 year olds getting prescribed Ozempic or an equivalent and the road we're going to end up down with 
anyone, but especially involving someone in developmental years with these drugs is aside from the fact that media and all these things are telling us to eat less, exercise more, right? And ignore your hunger cues, fullness cues. But now we're actually taking something that is altering our hunger and fullness cues and not allowing us to learn how to interpret them, but instead just silencing them. And so if eventually, you know, now you're 18 years old or 25 or 35, and you stop taking this drug, your hunger is going to go back to baseline, which was probably fine in the first place. But now it feels like it's like insanely intense because you are suppressing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now you don't know what to do with that. And that goes is going to end up in a binge restrict kind of cycle that could have been completely avoided. But we are altering our hunger and fullness cues at a very important age and so not only are they altered by social media and media and messaging but we're physically altering them in the first place yeah yeah so someone that I know is actually taking Ozempic to lose weight and I was like you know you're like if you get off of it you're gonna have to change your lifestyle and habits anyways, you know, like create, you're gonna have to sustain it if you want to keep the weight off, but it's gonna be even harder than it would be if you began the journey without Ozempic. Cause she was like, Well, I wanna take it so I can get the initial drop. And then after I get the initial drop, then I'll just start changing my habits and whatnot, which sounds good, but like you were just saying, it messes with your appetite. And so whenever you get off of it and you're hunger and fullness like it's back to how it was you're gonna be prone to binge eat most likely or to overeat because you were just depraving yourself of food you know and so for someone who because I I've heard that multiple times where people go oh I'm just gonna take it for a little bit so I can do lose the initial weight and then I'll change my lifestyle so I can sustain it but I wouldn't recommend that to anyone unless your weight is really life-threatening to you to where if you don't lose fat right away, like it's going to be large issues. I would say it's better to start it healthy and develop those healthy habits from the beginning so then you can sustain them. Whereas if you start after getting off Ozempic, it's most likely going to be even harder than it would have been. Would you agree with that or do you have a different perspective that you've seen from individuals Yeah. So I think it's just really like the focus on the weight loss versus behaviors is I like that you mentioned that because it's really like, okay, we want to eat more fruits and vegetables and, you know, understand our hunger and fullness so we can not overeat as much and all these things. And those are the behaviors that are health promoting. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really necessarily matter if your body size changes or if the number on the scale changes because the benefits are you're eating more nutrient dense foods, right? We're not overeating as much. We're able to listen to our body and we're exercising more, right? Just because we know movement is good for us in so many ways, mental health, physical health, all the things. So just like forcing our body to drop weight isn't really, it doesn't include any of these health promoting behaviors. And that's what's, you know, being missed here. 
and kind of goes back to our focus of like it's just about the aesthetic or like how you physically look and that being associated with our health status which just isn't you know an accurate way to assess someone right yeah and I earlier you mentioned social media and I think Mm -hmm. since the rise of social media the focus is on appearance but what needs to be pushed out more is campaigns for the benefits of having healthy habits healthy behaviors like you just mentioned because whenever and also sharing the disadvantages of having a unhealthy eating routine of never getting any physical activity and of not getting enough sleep of not taking care of your mental health like all all the things I think if that was more mainstream then people would want they would actually want to sustain their sustain a healthy lifestyle and it would be more likely for them to do it long term because when it is so superficial as what we look like and I want to be able to fit into this dress for a wedding or I want to be able to post a bikini this summer things like that you might achieve that image but you were dieting so hard and you were beating yourself up to get there. And now that you've achieved it, you you were able to take the photo, you were able to go to the wedding. Now it's over. And now you're just going to go back to where you were, which is the cycle, which you briefly mentioned earlier, the cycle of just going up and down and weight, up and down and weight. But if the information was spread more of the advantages and the disadvantages of these different lifestyles, I think people would actually be driven to want to sustain it long-term because whenever we look superficial, that's all it is. It is superficial. So it's so important to, which I like, that's why I'm so glad you're on here to talk about this. It's so important to talk about these disadvantages, like the real truth between what Ozempic even is. Like you said, it was, it's for diabetes. It's not even for weight loss, but we're turning everything into superficial means, it seems like. Yes. And I find that a lot of my clients, you know, especially whether they're moms that, you know, wanted to lose weight after having a baby, um, which is a whole another topic of how society treats moms um, with weight. But, you know, whether it's that or like you said, wanting to be able to wear a bikini, wanting to feel good in a dress, X, Y, Z they get to this set number that they've set as their goal and they still don't feel good in their body. Exactly. Because no matter how much weight you lose, it's never going to be enough. And I do want to acknowledge that like as someone with unearned, like thin privilege, that it's very, I don't say hard for me to talk on this, but in the sense of like, I will never understand what it's like to be in a larger body where like you're living in a world that is set up for thin people, right? The size of chairs, being on an airplane, things like that. And so they definitely, there's a more, even more of an internal struggle with things like Ozempic because it's like, they are naturally, you know, I will never go into a doctor's office and they're going to be like, oh, you should get on Ozempic, right? But there are other people that a doctor is going to say that to them. So I do just want to acknowledge that. But when we lose that weight, like, we're not really feeling better. Like 
what would be a better option would be to do the body image work, whether with a body image coach, with a dietitian, you know, with a professional and really work through that stuff. And because you can wear a bikini no matter what body size you're in, right? It's all up here in our brain and not to say like, oh, it's not real. That's not what I mean. It's just, it's internal beliefs and values and things we've internalized from our environment that we need to unpack to be able to feel good in our body or feel good in our food choices, not how our body necessarily like physically looks or what size we are in a pant size or a dress size like that. Yeah, I completely agree. I did want to talk a little bit about how diet distress can contribute to further issues with Ozempic. Do you want to talk on that a little bit? Yeah. So I think it's important to highlight, I guess, a little bit about weight cycling that I mentioned earlier. We can do kind of like a high level. So weight cycling or, you know, is a result of something also called yo-yo dieting, um, but kind of what you mentioned earlier, going on a diet, going off a diet, losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight. Right. And this happens because, you know, we go on the diet and we can't sustain it because it was never really meant to be sustainable. But so we go on and off. And what we've actually found is that doing weight cycling or yo-yo dieting has more stress and harm on our body than being at that higher weight. And that kind of goes into set point theory. So our body has a kind of a weight that it wants to be at if we're able to honor its hunger and fullness cues and kind of move relatively. And there's kind of based on our genetics, like where we kind of want to sit. And that's why we all look different. But when we go on a diet, you know, our body doesn't understand that it's 2024 and that there's copious amounts of food around, Mm -hmm. but we're choosing to eat less. What it thinks instinctually is that, you know, we are in a famine. And so when we're losing this weight, this is a result of, you know, starving or not eating enough, but not intentionally. Our body doesn't understand that. So when we lose this weight, our body regroups and says, okay, like now you're nourishing me again and this and that. And okay, I'm going to put on more weight because fat is energy stores. And it says, okay, well, I'm going to bring, so say like arbitrary number, right? 150. Okay. So we drop down to whatever and your body's like, okay, well, I'm going to bring you up to 175 or whatever above 150. So if we have a famine again, we won't drop that low again. Yeah. And this is why we see with weight cycling that people just say, well, I lost the weight and then I gained more, even more than I was before. Because our body is trying to recoup. It doesn't understand that that fast drop in weight wasn't a result of something that you couldn't control, that it was intentional and that you want to be at that lower weight because it wants to be at whatever weight it wants to be at, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I really like that point. That's really true, especially if you look back at how people used like hunter and gatherers they wouldn't Mm -hmm. eat three meals a day you know they would be going out gathering or hunting and they'd be exerting energy and then they'd get their food they'd have to cook it they'd have to skin the animal all that stuff so realistically 
they probably only ate once or twice a day, but they were eating big meals that kept them satiated. But like you said, with 2024 now, we have an abundance of all types of meals and a lot of foods that are unsatiating. So when we eat a, a large amount of foods that are not satiating, we need more and more and more and more and more. And then that also leads to the to fat gain. Then that leads to, you know, that's a whole, whole other shebang. <laughs> but yeah, it's like looking at the the differences with what our bodies were made for and then looking at our society today and i believe like our bodies do adapt also but you have to also keep in mind the quality of the foods that you're eating and if they're keeping you full as well and i'm not one of those people who are like never eat junk food like i'm not one of those people i definitely think you know in moderation it's good like enjoy those foods that you like because we are in this culture right uh it's almost impossible to go without especially if you're on vacation or you want to go to the water park all day there's those are going to be your only options like you know don't feel bad about that of course um but yeah i think it is really important to know especially the point you said that whenever you are trying to drop so low, if you go back, then your body, if you look back at history, then right. it does think, oh, like we, the reason we haven't eaten is because we haven't been able to hunt or gather anything. So now that we have, like I need it as much as I can, because who knows when the next meal is going to be. Just like even mm -hmm. nowadays, this is a, a sad example, but I know someone was a dog and she's not the best dog caregiver and so like she'll be out of the house for a while she'll come home like give her dog a bunch of food give it water but she also doesn't want her dog to pee in the house so she doesn't give it as much water as it needs so whenever the dog does get water the dog like eats all the food like inhales the food drinks all the water because the dog doesn't know when it's going to get its next meal and that's really common like with with dogs and it's the same with us, you know, when we go without food, we're depraving ourselves of the caloric intake that our bodies need to sustain itself, which is the, you know, short-term diet mm -hmm. formula. Then whenever we go back, whenever we get off of that, you would just want to eat, 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 eat. Cause that's just how our, our body naturally responds to that. Yeah. And that's why binging and restricting, you know, we, people are like, well, like if you're binging you just need to eat less and it's like well actually eating less and restriction is what causes bingings like similar to what you were saying right yeah. intentional restriction then eventually you get so hungry like you know everyone's had a day when they haven't eaten enough that you were working you got distracted you didn't eat enough right it wasn't necessarily intentional but now you're like ready to chew your arm off because you're so hungry and nothing is satiating because your body's just like oh my god like that was way too long to wait to eat right, right. um but when we're intentionally restricting that's why people that do that tend to struggle with night binging because mm -hmm. eventually you've gotten to the end of the day and your body's like i have not had enough food like i need more and exactly. just we'll pack it in yeah yeah if you skip if you skip a meal during the day it's you're a lot more likely to binge eat at night so mm -hmm. well we are running out of time unfortunately this has been a great conversation I want to give you a chance if you have any last advice or a quote you want to share with the audience and then you're welcome to plug in where the audience can find you as well yeah so I just want to say that if you are on Ozempic for weight loss or you know, listen to this and it's like, no, I'm still going to do that. 
there's no shame in that, right? You have body autonomy, autonomy to make that choice. But I just want you to be informed with that choice and also know that, you know, there will be side effects. And if you're choosing to do this, nothing, no one pill or shot is going to solve all the fear and anxiety or disappointment you feel around food movement in your body. Only you can make those changes to heal the relationships with those things. Um, and sometimes it takes us going through this process to realize that. And so that's totally fine. Um, but just know, like in the end, you might be a smaller size or a lower weight, but it, you're likely not going to feel any different about your body. It's never going to feel that need or be enough. So that's what I would share. Um, if people are interested in kind of following along with me, I'm on Instagram at Sammy, S-A-M-M-I, B dot nutrition. And that's also my website, Sammy B Nutrition. Um, if you're looking for kind of a step into ditching diet distress, I do have a freebie that I love to share with people. Um, it's at my website, sammybnutrition.com slash ditch dash diet dash distress. Um, but yeah, and that will kind of take you to dip your toes in and see what, you know, this side of kind of intuitive eating and listening to our bodies looks like. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sammy, for being on. I want to have you on again. It was a great talk. Definitely. Please give Sammy a round of applause. That was a wonderful chat. I've really enjoyed talking with her. If you want to connect with her, then I am putting all of her links and how you can connect with her below in the show notes. And if you're interested in working with me, then you can head to miasmentorship.com. There you can explore my educational courses. You can also apply to work with me one-on-one and you can get more free content like this from my blog or my Instagram. My blog comes out Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. My podcast comes out Tuesdays, Fridays, and then I post on Instagram pretty much daily. So I hope that all of y'all have a blessed day. Talk with you soon.